step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Father, we thank you, Lord, being able to come into your presence tonight. Father, we thank you, dear God, that you're willing to talk to us and allow us to talk to you. And Lord, what I'm asking you, Tonight, dear Lord, is to confirm your day clock of the end times. Father, we pray that the people will be able to grasp the understanding of it, because, Lord, it is not known. It is not understood. It's not followed. And, Lord, what I'd like to point out is the great benefits of your clock, so that they might understand the times and what's advantageous for them. Lord, you wouldn't make anything that your people are not able to overcome by your truth. So, Lord, the same applies to your clock, your day of the Lord. Lord, you tell us it's a clock in Zechariah 14, 6, and 7, because you say the day of the Lord begins with the evening. And then it goes through the night and the morning and the day and so on. Lord, we pray that they begin to understand that's very important. If you say it's on a day clock, that there's an evening and that there's a night and there's a morning and there's a day, they, they should really rejoice in that. Because, Lord, you made the day in eight segments of time. Lord, in the Jewish clock that the Bible is focused on, like when you were judged by Pilate, it was at noon, and it's called the sixth hour. Because, dear God, everything in, in the Jewish clock, as you established it, is set up on eight segments of time. The first segment starts in the sundown. And so it means at nine o'clock, is, uh, the first segment is sundown to nine. And then from 9 to midnight, that's called the second section. Okay, I, I should say this, Lord, as as you know, the, the first time from sundown to 9 o'clock is called the first watch of the night because there's four watches of the night and four watches, I mean, four hours of the day. But they're really three hours each, even though it says an hour. It's easier to understand the night that you say is a watch. And Lord, this is very much the confusion on this should be able to be understood by the people because, dear Lord, in the very beginning, when you said you made the heavens in Genesis 1, when you said, dear God, that you made the heavens and the earth, dear Lord, you also said in that time that you had the spirit hovering over the darkness. And then you said, let there be light. But dear Lord, you didn't make the sun and moon and stars until the fourth day of creation. And people don't want to understand this, dear God, but you're showing us right there that there's a difference to the time of the light and there's a difference to the time of the night, the darkness. And Paul explains this in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 to 11, that we are either of the light and the day or we are of the night and the darkness. And Lord, you made all parts of this day to flow in the way of your seven spirits, the first seven segments of the day of the Lord, first seven segments of our day 
are made in the way of the seven spirits. The eighth part of the day, which is from three o'clock in the afternoon until sundown, is called the eighth segment, which is the time of regeneration. And Lord, you divided, even the people should understand, dear Lord, when you say a time, a times, and a half time, that's seven segments. So it tells us that the day of the Lord is going to be part of seven segments, not the eighth, because in the eighth time is regeneration. But we all know that those who are judged and sent into perdition cannot be a part of the regeneration. So, dear Lord, the day of the Lord, the judgment times of the day of the Lord is finished after the seventh segment. And, dear Lord, we should understand that very clearly. And hopefully, Lord, the people will. And, dear Lord, they'll understand that the first segment of the day is the evening to nine o'clock. It's called the first watch. Second segment of the day is called the 9 p.m. to to midnight. It's called the second watch. And the third segment uh, of the day is called the uh, time of the midnight to 3 a.m. And that's called the third watch. And so the fourth segment of the day is from 3 o'clock until sunrise. And that's called the fourth watch. And then you set up a different time frame. You say that uh, the um, third hour, uh, dear Lord, is the, or the first hour is from 6 in the morning or sunrise until 9 a.m. And then you give us, dear Lord, the, uh, the, uh, that's called at 9 a.m. It's called the third hour um, because it actually ends on the, what we call the third hour. And then you call the, the sixth hour. The three hours from nine o'clock in the morning until noon is called the sixth hour, and that's the sixth hour of the day, and that is um, also called noon in our Gentile type clockings. But you called it and you used it because it's written in Greek. You used the Greek timing of noon as the time when Pilate judged you. It was the sixth hour, about the sixth hour, and we know that in translations as noon. And then, dear Lord, you were, when you were on the cross, you were nailed to the cross at the third hour in the morning, which is 9 a.m. And you were on the cross from 9 a.m. till noon. And then at noon, the earth was darkened for the next three hours because it says it was darkened till the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And that's called the, the ninth hour, that time from noon until the time of ninth hour. And then uh, from nine o'clock, excuse me, it's called the sixth hour. Sixth hour is from noon until 3 p.m. And the ninth hour is from 3 p.m. until the time of the sunri- uh, sundown. So we know that that is the last of the hours of the day. There's actually 12 hours in the day divided into four segments. First segment's called the third hour. Second segment's called sixth hour. Uh, the next one's called the ninth hour. I think I got that right. First hour is from six to to nine, and then their third hour, uh, dear Lord, is from nine o'clock until uh, noon, and then the sixth hour is from noon until three p.m., and the ninth hour is from three p.m. until sunrise, uh, sundown. I said that uh, very confusingly. I'm sorry. Okay, but that tells us that the day is split into eight segments, and they match the way of the seven spirits. And Lord, you showed us this. In the very beginning of creation, you said, let there be light. And that was in the first day of creation. That's done in the way of the first spirit of God. So the first segment from sun, uh, sundown 
uh, till uh, 9 p.m. is the uh, way of the first spirit. And from 9 p.m., and that's the time when we should teach our children and so forth the way of the words. We should eat and rejoice together as a family and separate ourselves from the world. How are you separated from the world? Let there be light. So in that time of the of 6 to 9, it's usually evening time. It's supper time. And that's the time we should be eating the words. And then at 9 until midnight is a time to communicate to you. Dear Lord, this is a time when you went into the garden. So we're communicating to the Father and we're asking for knowledge and wisdom personally. And the first three hours, it's more or less, uh, the first three hours of the evening is a good time to be teaching our children and eating food because that is what you want us to do. You want us to separate our, our family, our household from the world. We are set apart from the world by your words, John seventeen seventeen, and uh, Joel 2, 12 to 20. And Lord, that's called the sanctification. We are sanctified by the words. Doing the way of the words and teaching the way of the words sanctifies us. And dear Lord, to be able to do that, we have to be able to hear your words and discern them. But you told us if we will turn to you, uh, several times you also told us in the scriptures, if we will ask, you'll cause us to receive, but we must believe. And if we had the faith or the hearing, even of a mustard seed, dear Lord, you said we would be able to do mighty things. And Lord, we're not doing them like you were tested by Satan to tell you to do this and do that. There are many people, I've had people come to me and said, oh, we want you to do this. And they were doing it to challenge whether the words are right. This is not that time. The Lord told us it's only time of the, like the prophet Jonah. You're supposed to come and we have to uh, speak and tell the way of the words not do miracles, but dear Lord, we're supposed to make known your word and make known the time of your judgment, make known the time of your appearing, make known when the separation judgment is, clarify the day of the Lord, all these things we're doing. But they want to see miracles. They want to see it like that. And you told them no to a wicked and sinful generation. It will not be done. And you told the people in Luke 21, 34 to 36, that all people at this time are caught in a snare. And you told them that first they must come out of the snare by being set apart and sanctified by your words. If they will not hear your words, then they're going to be vomited out of your mouth, which means they're going to receive the famine of the word. You, they will not be able to receive the word, which you're telling them this, dear Lord, you tell them that in, in several places. Amos 8, 11 to 14, you also uh, told them in other places, dear Lord, they will not receive your words. Because they're not allowed. They're not. Uh, they're of the world and not of you. And dear Lord, you told them that in, to the scribes and Pharisees in your day in John 8, 43, 47. But that was the, the day of the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now we're in the time of the lost sheep of the, all the world. And those who reject to hear your words at this time will not be in the, the kingdom of heaven. They will not be found there, dear Lord, if, if they haven't repented by the time of the separation judgment. Because the separation judgment is that time when the Father tells him that the light goes out of the world and you tell us that's in the night. And if we look at the clock of the day of the Lord, that means they have until sunrise. When sunrise comes, it's too late. And Lord, you also told them, dear Lord, that they had to come out before the winter. So you're telling them that slightly before the sunrise, which is the winter season, because you opened your words in the evening of the day of the Lord, which began the day of the judgments, according to Zechariah 14.7. You opened them in April or in the spring. 
And it should be true because that's the beginning of the judgment years. That's when you, you never change your ways, and that's when you brought the people out of uh, Egypt. So, dear Lord, they should understand that is that timing. And, dear Lord, they have to be ready by that time because a judgment will have happened by then. And you will manifest the judgment on the very first day you show up, just like it was in the days, dear Lord, when you came to the temple in that morning. The fig tree was not ready and you cursed it. So the judgment comes upon them and there's nothing that can stop the judgment from coming upon them at that time. But, dear Lord, a great thing I'd like to make clear to the people Dear Lord, it is that we are in the nighttime. The words are opened in 2003 in April. There's seven years because each segment of the of the hour clocks, each segment of the day of the Lord is 42 months in length because the day of the Lord is describing years of the judgment. God's not going to judge us unjustly. He's going to give us the time. He's going to give us the way of the Spirit for us to identify that we receive the way of the Spirit that we will accept it. And Lord, it's a wonderful thing that you did because you said, dear Lord, in the evening there will be light, which is seven years of the evening. From 2003 to 2010, many, dear Lord, had their judgment, but you gave them the opportunity, Lord, a second chance. Just like, dear Lord, when the people came to Moses and they complained that they didn't get to touch, uh, didn't get to celebrate the Passover, um, because they were they had touched unclean bodies, the people were dying so. So Moses extended it, he sought you and you gave it permission, and they extended it to the next month. Well, since the first seven years of the day of the Lord is the evening time, you have set it up in your scriptures, because you tell us, Lord, the judgment will come in the night. You're giving us that second chance. You're giving us the second set of seven years, which means that you won't manifest the judgment until the coming of the morning. But the works, the way of the works of mankind, because you showed us this, dear Lord, in the way of the Sabbath day, the way of the week, the way of everything, that we have until this sixth day to do work. So we have until the sixth year to finish our works. But in the seventh year, you will render judgment. And you tell us this very clearly. Dear Lord, in Daniel 9, you tell us in verse 26 that the end will come with a flood, and then you will make a seven-year covenant. And you tell us in Revelation 12 that the flood is the dragon's mouth, which is the beast kingdom that comes out to, to, to do what it says in Daniel eleven forty-three to 45, which is to kill the majority of people on the earth and take ownership of all things uh, greedily and selfishly, as you tell them also. In uh, Matthew twenty four, twenty one to twenty two, in Mark thirteen nineteen to twenty, you tell them if they don't come out by then, then they will have the permission to destroy the people. They, in other words, if the people don't come out, as it says in Revelation twelve seventeen, even though they know that you died on the cross and gave your blood and know the Ten Commandments, but they have not heard your words, the Father will hold them into account, and they will be just like it was in the Holocaust time the militaries of the world will have authority over them. They'll throw them in prison camps. Many of them will be uh, gassed to death, many of those people. They will have to become martyrs. That's why the fifth seal judgment is talking about the martyrs, because the martyrs will be those who will not set themselves apart by the words of God. 
And that's why he says for the, the words. They have the words, but they wouldn't receive them. They wouldn't hear them. They wouldn't set them apart, set themselves apart by your words. So as it says in Revelation twelve sixteen, those who have the woman, which is the words of God, she's the helper. She's the, a helpmate to us. She's the spirit of God. See, people don't understand, Lord, that the Holy Spirit is your words. You tell us that very clearly in John three thirty four, And even Paul talks in 1 Corinthians 2 that he's set apart by the mind just like yours. But you tell us in Isaiah fifty five eleven that we are not like you or our thoughts are not like you because we're of the world. But when we come out of the world and receive your words, we then have a mind of Christ that thinks like you. Like it says in John fifteen seven. then what we desire will be done for us. When we abide in your ways and abide in your words, as you say very clearly in John fifteen seven, then are what we desire be done for us. That is exactly what is being said in John five twenty four as well. So, those who have the Holy Spirit have the promise that they'll pass through the judgments by John five twenty four, and they will have eternal life. They will not be cast out into the pit. You will cause them to be refined. Because you told them, dear Lord, that you're going to, all those who call upon your name, which is, they don't know your name, and the name that you're talking about is Revelation 19, 11 to 13. It's the name that's the word of God that they do not know. But if they will receive that knowledge, the knowledge of truth that you desire them to come to, then, dear Lord, they have a mind like yours. You think and do all things. That's why you said in Deuteronomy 6, 4, 9 and Deuteronomy eleven eighteen to 21 to make your words as frontlets to our eyes. Frontlets to our eyes, what's behind the eyes? Our mind. If our mind has the words of God in them, our eyes, which is the lamp of the body, will be looking to do all things in the way of the words. And the words are what has the full measure of the Spirit of God in them. And as it says in, I, that's John three thirty four. And as it says in John 14, 15, 17, the spirit of truth cannot enter those who are not set apart from the world by your words, which you say in John 17, 17. So, dear Lord, you're telling us that if we will set ourselves apart by your words, then we'll be passing through these judgments. What I was trying to point out is that if we would pay attention to the way of the clock of the day, and that's why you gave us the clock of the day, you're trying to show us in all things you testify in Romans 8, uh, 1, 18 to 25, that all things are made in the ways of your eternal power. And your eternal power is made clear in Ecclesians 8, 8, 4. It's the words of the king, and you are the king. You speak the words of God. And those are the words that we should be speaking, as it says in John fifteen seven. if we want our desires to be done. People are putting their wealth in the, the mansions, they're putting their wealth in their money, their cars, their, their, their events, their big churches, their, all these things. When you came to the people of Israel at the time of your birth and you came and began your ministry, you said you came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. All of them were lost because they didn't have the words. The word had been closed and you opened them. You're the light that came into the world. The light, the entrance of your words gives that light. God gave his words through you. You made all things. And we should know this just from Genesis 1 because the sun, moon, stars weren't there, but yet you said, let the light come in. And that's the entrance of the words. And that, how do we get that? It's other words, spirit, 
the spirit was hovering over the darkness the spirit is in your words all things are made by your words all you made all things all things are consist by your words through you it was all done how do you come out of you you come out dear lord by doing things and by speaking them but they're all based in a framework of words a language a pure language of the kingdom of heaven and those words are the keys that unlock the promises of God to enable the good works that overcome the world. And dear Lord, you showed us that in the evening time after you had the supper and the meal and you did the good works for the, your, your disciples, you went into the garden then to pray. But they didn't understand what you were doing and so forth. And in that second segment of the evening, that from nine to midnight, is a time for us to truly meditate on your words of wisdom and grow in them and ask you things about them so that in the morning you can make these things known to us. Because in the night, if we were to pursue you, David would meditate on his bed during the night, as it says in Psalms 119. Why is because in the nighttime, from midnight until 3 a.m., is the time of understanding. You begin to cause us to, that's what people talk about, the night visions. Sometimes, when we don't understand the understanding, we don't get the visions at night until the morning time, because we don't have the words. In the morning time, from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., the sunrise, that's the time of the fourth spirit, which is your counsel. So most people, or many people, get the visions of the night from that time of 3 a.m. on. And dear Lord, you had understanding. And when you prayed, dear Lord, the angels came into the garden and strengthened you before 3 a.m. If we would understand that simple fact, dear Lord, that you give understanding, understanding means making known the works, the ways of the works. Everybody would be very delighted. And then from 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock, you're given visions of your counsel, which is things to come. But the one we're missing is that great vision of understanding. We should want to know the understanding, how to do things in the way of the kingdom. How did you make creation? And so forth. Those are the great things. I remember, Lord, that you woke me up when I was seeking understanding of the, of the creation. You took me. Two, dear Lord, the, the, the firmament, and it was in that time frame, dear Lord, of midnight to three. You were showing, dear Lord, that's the way of understanding, because we were looking. I was trying to write out and explain. I had questions on understanding, and you answered it in the way of the words. It was right at, almost at the three o'clock time frame, but it was right at that time frame, the fullness of understanding. And you also tell us through Elisha, that you always show up at the at the third spirit. In other words, you always show up at the ending of that third spirit. And dear Lord, we see it in the time of the day of the Lord because you tell us that dear Lord, your hour started in that fourth watch of the night, which started at 3 a.m., which was October 2013. And it'll last for 42 months, which comes to April in 2017. But you tell us in that last segment of the night you will separate the people in the separation judgment. So the judgment manifestation will be in that last segment of the night. And you warn us very clearly in Daniel uh, 7, 11 to 12, 
And also in uh, Daniel 9, 26 and 27, that the flood will end in the night and then it will come to the morning time, which you'll manifest the plagues and you'll manifest the reward. But they tell us in Daniel 7, 12, that dominion is taken away from the beast kingdom for the time of the season and time, a time of seven years. So we know, Lord, that you're saying that in the winter time, because you tell us that in Matthew 24, uh, 19, and in uh, Mark 13, 18, you tell us the winter time. We must come out before the winter time. People don't understand what they're missing. If they don't come out before that time, the people understand that is during the fourth spirit is the counsel of you. So that is your counsel. That is what you're saying, dear Lord, will be the judgment. You are the, the judge. You're rendering the judgment for the judge. The God is the judge and you're rendering his judgment decrees. And you will not intervene for those who do not obey you and will not hear. You told us, dear God, in um, John fourteen twenty three to 24, that if we will not hear your words, we, are, we don't love you. And Lord, you said if if you won't, if we reject your words and reject you who who comes to break known the words as king, see we we are when the people today are trying to replace the constitution or are trying to adapt the governments, are trying to come out with a new economy, they're rejecting you. Lord, they don't understand; they're rejecting you. And if we reject you, you will not intervene with the Father. You will not intercede with the Father for us. So those who are chasing after the leaders of the world to, to reach a better degree, some compromise, seeking with the Pope to bring, you know, the, the pagan Pope to bring all these things to some end to make a one world religion that everybody can get along, everybody be taken care of. Nothing they've ever done is taken care of everybody. When they built the FDA, as I've testified, I, I learned directly in firsthand account by uh, people at the highest levels that it was designed to destroy our bodies, destroy our food supply, destroy the the uh, nutritional value of the food, uh, poison the food, so that we would have very st strong weakness at this time. We are weak at this time. We cannot withstand the plagues and everything that's coming upon us. They did not count upon the fact that God has opened his words that overcome all things. Please understand that the Lord said uh, in Isaiah, uh, I can't remember right now. I think it's uh, 49, 26 or something like that, that scripture. Uh, it says in there very clearly, and the Lord, that you said that this is the scripture where you're telling us that you numbered the host and called them by name. People don't understand. When you call something by name, that's the work for the kingdom it's going to do. Therefore, it's not of the kingdom for darkness at this time to, to be dark. In other words, you, you've brought forth your words. You opened your words. Let there be light. You said at the beginning of the day of the Lord, let there be light. There'll be light in the evening. You promised us this. So Lord, the light is available for those who come out of the world and the light, the darkness cannot be of the light because the light has is of your words and your words have the full measure of the Spirit of God, John three thirty four. So if they want to get over the plagues, if they want to get over the cancer, the, all the things happening to them, the destruction of our brains, the rest of it, and 
all the fallout and everything else, the tsunamis, the rest of it. They want to get rid of all that, the viruses that they're going to release upon the world. If you want to overcome that, all you need to do is get the words and set yourself apart from the world. It is just to know the words and not be set apart from the world will not get you healed. It will not get you anything because it tells you in John fifteen seven what? You have to walk in the way of the word, abide in, 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 in the Lord, abide in you, and abide in the way of the words, not the way of the world's words, but the way of the words of God. Then what we desire will be done for us, and we don't desire to die from these chemicals or have our family harmed from these chemicals. And also understand that the likeness of the Garden of Eden is before us, which means that God... As we march, we're going to enter, as he sets us apart and rewards his servants, they're going to enter the likeness of the Garden of Eden where food grows quickly. He tells us in the scriptures that every month there'll be a new fruit on the tree. But please understand that fruit comes very quickly. Because in this time, he's saying the likeness of the Garden of Eden is before us and the, the garden, everything grew up in one day. It came that day. When he watered it, bang, it's there. It's like almond, uh, uh, Moses' almond rod. Put in the temple, and overnight, what happened? It, it had blossoms. It, it was a dead piece of wood, but it had blossoms. It had fruit, and it had flowers all in one night. That's what it's like to have the Garden of Eden before you. So when he sends you somewhere in this time, if you're walking in the way of the words, what you desire to be done for us, and that is to know that the likeness of the Garden of Eden is before you, so where you go, you'll know the food will pop up because God said he's going to provide it like that. And if you believe, it'll be done that way. People don't want to believe, but the way of the words, or there's any power in the words, they just think it's the Spirit, but they can't even identify what the Spirit is. The Spirit is the words of God that unlocks his promises because the words are filled with the full measure of the Spirit of God, and those words judge the intent of the heart. And they know whether you have really faith or not. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you don't have the Word of God in you, then you're not of God. You're not having the Holy Spirit, and you're not of the Spirit. The Spirit right now is calling upon the people, but he tells you in John 9, 4, 5 that the light is going to leave the world. All men, and we talk about the world. If you're a son of God, the word comes to you, you're protected. John 10, 32, 37 tells you to those whom the word comes, they're likened to a little God. You don't have to worry about the food. God will bring you through these things if you come out to his words. That's the beauty of the night. I've told you about the, the midnight to three. I've told you about three to, to sunrise. This is that time we're living next April, according to the clock of the opening of the words of God. Uh, and, and I've explained very clearly in all the writings from the scriptures. It shows you that this is the last year of the night. And God tells us in Luke seventeen thirty four that the judgment, the separation judgment will come in the night. And he tells us that also in John 9, 4, 5. He told us we should know the season. He didn't say we'd know the day and the hour within that season that he's going to manifest the separation judgment. Because it's going to be different for some for certain people. Shepherds are going to be judged first, as he shows very clearly uh, when he tells them to go bring in those people. You know, he tells them that those who didn't hear the word and didn't come, they will not taste of his food. But he hasn't manifested at that time the judgment yet. But he's judged these people because he judged them that the word will not be given to them because they rejected the word. See, when you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, which is the words of God, when you mock them or scoff at them, 
you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. John 3.34 tells you that this is the Holy Spirit. They have the full measure of God's Spirit within them. You're blaspheming God when you come against his set-apart words. Be careful. God, you know, pray the Lord is merciful and repent for that. That's why he's told some of these shepherds it's better for them to put a millstone around their neck because they've caused the children, the multitudes, their church members, to stumble in the way. Because they haven't taught his words and they rejected the allowing the words to be taught. They didn't like the messenger, but they wouldn't even hear the message. They mocked the message. They said it was just another way to get to heaven. I've heard that story from people. Oh, that if they would go back and read the first three invitations of Luke fourteen fifteen to 24, they would see that that's exactly what God said of the shepherds that will never be invited into the kingdom. He's, gonna, he's, he's already taken his light from them. They should retire. When they said that, the light left them. They should be dying. I mean, not dying, but zealously doing all that they can to get the knowledge of the word, supporting the work of the words as much as they can to get that light back. Because as it said in um, the prophecies that the Lord made known back in November of 2009, that he would already taking the lights out of different shepherds. And he was locking them up in cages and throwing those iron cages into the sea. And I said, you can get them back later, but not unless you come and turn. If you will hear him, he'll come and let you back into the kingdom. But not unless you turn like that. Now, understand that in the morning time, the sunrise from um, six till nine, that was a time when they did all that, uh, you know, judgment of the of the Lord. Well, they're going to find out. They spit on him. They slapped him. They did all those kinds of things. Um, they had him, you know, went before Pilate and all that other stuff. Uh, he went before the king. He went before all that. All these people are going to be judged between, um, I mean, the manifestation of the plagues is going to come on them at the sunrise. It tells you that in Revelation 6. If you look and see what it's saying, it's saying that the plagues are coming upon them. Well, the plagues, it's part of the sealed judgment. The seal is the word. When you get the word, Ephesians 1, 13 to 14, you're sealed by the word, the word of truth. That word has a fullness of the Holy Spirit within it. And that's the seal. You're sealed by the spirit of truth and kept until the that time that God gives you the authority to receive the refinement, which is to put on the righteous acts of the saints. That is a reward. That's an inheritance we get in the morning time. When these people are going out to receive their plagues, God is going to, uh, you know, that's what they say in Revelation 6, 12 to 17, uh, who can stand? Those who have the words can stand. Those without the words will not stand. They're going to have the plagues, and God says he's going to cause them to fall down. They'll be like worms. People are going to lie in bed. They're going to be, it's going to be a terrible thing at that time. I and the plagues, they'll come differently on different people because they're going to be judged by their sins. But the church has a tremendous amount of sin on them because we've allowed the pagan idols, we've allowed the abortions, we've allowed all these things to happen, we've allowed the constitutions, we've allowed all those things. And even today, they're not, they're, they're, people are blaspheming. I mean, not blaspheming, that's the wrong word, but they're foolish to say that Donald Trump is of God. This is not the time that we should be electing anybody in our country. They don't even understand that the votes don't count. They don't understand the truth of the nation. We've tried to tell them, they won't hear. 
None of these elections are honest. And, you know, I, I was listening to a, 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 like a congressman or whatever you want to call him from Ukraine the other night on a, on a radio, a Internet TV show. And what was interesting was he was telling that the American people don't even like Hillary or Donald, which they shouldn't. It, it's terrible what they are. They're not skilled. They have no truth in them. And yet there are shepherds telling them to vote for Trump or telling them to vote for this. This is not that time. It tells you in Revelation 18, 3 and 4, if you follow after these that are walking in fornication with these leaders. I mean, come on. Donald Trump has all kinds of these people of the system behind him. And even the things he's saying don't make sense. And he knows this stuff. I know that he knows people in the system because I was in a hotel in Switzerland when he was there meeting with these various people. So he's of them just like Hillary and them are. And Clinton's worked for the Bush family, as you can get the testimony from Chip Tatum on the Internet. So you know all these things are true. They're, they're, they're immoral people and without knowledge and wisdom, and it's not the time to be chasing after the governments or chasing after constitutions. This is the time to come out from that because God wants to write his law on our hearts. This is that time. He wants to free us from the world. He told us that in the winter he's going to take away the dominion from this beast kingdom. The world, the United Nations, all them, they're about to go into perdition. I mean, into in, not into perdition at this time, but they're going into the punishment, the plagues and so forth. And many of them are going to die, and those will go into, uh, go into the prisons of God. But this is that time, and the preachers who are supporting them or helping them with their DHS, which is a, a corporation worked by the, the Crown Trust, reports to the Crown Trust, it's terrible. They have to come out of this now. If they don't, they'll be in the plagues at the rising of the sun because the sun from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock is the might of God. It's the fifth segment of time. That's when the might of God is made known. And you notice they made the fish on the, on the fifth day. The fish is symbolic of the words of either if you take the shellfish and so forth to walk on the bottom of the sea. Well, the bottom of the sea is what it's like in the prisons of God in the abyss. And this is what they're saying. They're going to be like worms there. You know, you're going to have a body change. You're not going to be like a person there. You have your soul, but your soul is going to be in the body of a worm. Read Job 18 and others. So the Lord says their worm will never die when they go out there to the prisons, when he casts them out there. And so when, when we're at the might of God, at the same time, God's going to give us the right and authority to be refined by the righteous acts of saints. We're going to get released to do the good works so that we're refined. And then at, at 9 o'clock in the morning is when I believe the rapture, or we can call it the translation, up into the throne of, uh, to God, up to, up, to, up to heaven. There we will be taught knowledge of God because that's the way of the sixth spirit, to know the knowledge of God. I believe that's where we're going to be and the two witnesses are going to come down here and rule. I don't know if we're here then or not, I don't believe we are. I believe that we go up, uh, translated up when the two witnesses come down, just before that. And the trumpet judgments are going on with those of the world. Those who are set apart by God, they can't even come into places where his people are being refined. They have no right to that. Uh, I, I, if they go in there, they have to have some permission. They have to be with somebody. 
Uh, I'm not sure how that'll work. We're, we're going to get that. I mean, it's going to become more clear to us as we get closer to the, the morning. And we're very close now. We're only basically five months away. So here we are. Uh, then the, the, the seventh, I mean, the, the sixth part is the time of the two witnesses down here. They're going to receive the knowledge of God because they are going to be strict with the people. That's why it says, see, they're going to rule the world. The two witnesses are ruling the world. The ten kingdoms are here, but they don't have dominion. The Bible is very clear that for a season and a time, for a season and seven years, they don't have dominion, which is what the Lord is telling us in Daniel 9.27. But he says in Daniel 9.27, midway through the seven years, the sacrifice will brought to an end. That is when, that's not a sacrifice or a treaty with the world like everybody's teaching us. That's not what that's about. The sacrifice is Psalm 50. That's when we're gathered up to Father. He tells him, go bring forth those made a sacrifice for me. He takes away the sacrifice. He takes away the people who have done, separated themselves from the world, refined in, in the righteous acts of the saints and are taken up to the Father. They will stay there for the seven years from nine o'clock until three o'clock in the day of the Lord, which is three and a half years, 42 months of the, the time with the two witnesses. And then the 42 months where the 10 kings reign and the Antichrist reigns. They reign together. If you read Revelation 17, they reign at the same time. They get their kingdoms and they give their crowns to the Antichrist and they follow him. It's very much like they're doing now. All the kings of the nations are following the crown trust in England that's run by Jacob Rothschild, the king of the north. He controls all of uh, the silver and gold. And at the same time, Queen Elizabeth is the property owner and the, the leader of all religions. The, the, she appoints who is the pope. She appoints the Vatican works and so forth. She's the one in charge of the occult and religions all over the world. She's the destructor, the harlot, the liar. She's just, you know, she looks great in her purple robes in that and her mansions and gloriousness, but she's dishonest as can be. You can see it in the Olympic ceremony in 2012 that she was in charge of in London. And then the, the seventh segment is the time of when the, from noon until three, and that's when the Antichrist's ten kings reign, and that's darkness on the earth. There's, that is when they take the mark of the beast at that time. And that is not until basically seven years and about five months from now, somewhere around that time frame. Uh, is when the Antichrist and Ten Kings will come forward, the mark of the beast is put in. There's a mark now. The, the way they do everything, it, God's talking about a mark. It's, in other words, do you have the, the sign of the, the devil upon us? We have a mark. I mean, our birth certificate, in, in, well, the live birth record is, for example, one you could say. Many ways, there's many ways. But we're not talking about the same mark that the Antichrist is going to put in place, which is seven years from now, according to the day clock of the Lord. So, Lord, we thank you and I ask you, Lord, to make us known to those people because in that seventh time is when we are just filled with your spirit in heaven while these people here, dear Lord, are going through the worst time in history. Dear Lord, it's a time of total darkness, just like it was you showed, dear Lord, that darkness was going to be on the face of the earth. Dear Lord, at your, at your cross, it was, it was dark from noon until three. It's the same thing. During the three and a half years or 42 months of the Antichrist, it's dark on the earth. And and the words are done. Uh, the Ark of Covenant in heaven is open. And at the end of that time comes the, the eighth part of the day, which is at three o'clock in our day till the sun, sundown. Well, that is the time of regeneration. 
There is no regeneration for those who are of the devil. So at the beginning, at 3 o'clock, when the 42 months are over, you show up here on earth, the saints coming behind you, but you speak and breathe on, I think you just breathe on them. The scripture says you blow a wind upon these people and they're destroyed. That's the spirit being loosed. Just like you came to the disciples, you breathed on them in John 21, or John 20, and they received, he told them, receive the spirit, peace be with you. Well, you're going to come and breathe on these people and peace be taken away, and those people are going into destruction. They're going into the prisons of God, and the earth will be given over to the saints for the millennium at that time. And the devil is locked up in the Tartarus for that time and the punishment, in the, in the pit, you said which I believe is is where the fallen angels are also there. He'll be with them. And then he comes back at the end of the millennium for uh, what you call a short time, which is 42 months. And he, he tempts the people, and they try to come against uh, you, and you consume them all um, at that time. And then, then we have the great white throne judgment. So there there is the, the eighth segment is regeneration. And regeneration is if we understand that in this day, that is the time when you can really understand um, the way of the eternal plan of you. That is when you make known that eternal plan. That's that's the eighth segment. That's why the wine is symbolic of the regeneration plan of God, the eternal power of God, the, the eternal power that's going to create the kingdom of God. In other words, it's the eternal plan. Lord, we thank you. We ask you, Lord, to help the people to understand this knowledge. And maybe, dear God, it will bless somebody. We ask it in thy precious and thy holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.